Hi all. Um, this is our, this is my first podcast attempt, so it was a little bit rough around the edges the first time. Um, if you'd like to skip ahead to the second episode, you might as well. I think it's a lot better. Uh, but if you want to keep listening to this, here it is. Um, also, we started recording a little bit before we actually introduced ourselves, so it's going to start off with just me and Pablo talking, uh, and then we introduce ourselves at the around the eight minute mark. Um, so if you want to skip ahead a little bit. Um, that's what I would recommend. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks guys. I always wanted to get into like the nitty gritty of, uh, sound programming because, uh, I, I got a lot of education in Fourier transforms and I don't want to throw it down the toilet. Like I want to fucking, I don't know get a synthesizer or something because i know i can use it better than like some hipster that just got one and they're just like oh yeah i'm an artist so i I know how to do art i'm very left-brained i don't believe in that at all i think oh like multi like yeah i i also agree because I think that like there's lots of things that you can learn in science and math and stuff that actually makes you better at being creative because you can explore a possibility that like other people are kind of like not aware of. I think that the reason why people think that there's a difference between left brain and right brain is because there are some people that are just successful and there are other people that are great. I guess that makes sense. Well, I mean... there. There are totally people who are like Elon Musk who just like blow you the fuck. Like, who is this person? They're not like a regular human. But then you also have like people who are just like, I guess these are people that like maybe don't have anything like particularly spe- like they're not necessarily famous or anything, but like their presence can sometimes be like awe inspiring. Yeah, like, like when it like Diogenes, for example, you know, that guy. What? Diogenes. I've never heard of this. Diogenes. You need to hear about Diogenes because he is probably. I'll pull up. I'm going to pull him up on Wikipedia. Let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Ancient Greek philosopher known as the Cynic. Founder of cynicism. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is he, is he, never mind. I was, I'm getting this confused. Keep going. I'm sorry. He was exiled and moved to Athens and he criticized everything. He lived in a like barrel or a pot in the middle of the street and he begged for a living. No, yeah, he slept in a large ceramic jar and, uh, he would carry a lamp around, claiming to look for honest people, and he would criticize Plato. He'd bring in, like, a plucked chicken when he said that man was a featherless biped. And he'd be like, behold, Plato's man. He was the ultimate troll. He would fucking... He... I don't know how to explain. He would jerk off in the middle of the street, and when people criticized him, he'd be like, "If only, uh, like, if I were hungry, that I could just rub my belly and it'd go away." So he this urinated guy, yeah. on people who insulted him. He defecated in the theater. <laughs> this is a this is a madman. When I when you originally mentioned this, I thought you were talking about like uh, letters from a stoic. Oh no. Cynic. I've uh, I've I've like listened to part of that on audiobook. It was pretty interesting. I think Diogenes is like the first troll because uh. because people would talk about him because of the things that he would do. Like there are two big stories about Diogenes in which Alexander the Great came by and he saw uh Diogenes like sifting through a pile of bones or something. And he was like, "Hey, what are you doing there, Diogenes?" And he's like, yeah, well, I was looking for the bones of your father, but I couldn't tell the difference between them and the bones of all the peasants. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a statement. And, and another thing was um, 
that Alexander went to Diogenes and he's like, I heard about you. Like, what can I do for you, Diogenes? And he's like, all right, dude, um, there's one thing you can do for me. You can step out of the way of my sunlight because you're casting a shadow on me. <laughs> he, did, he gave no fucks and he didn't want anything. He would be like drinking. Out. He only owned a bowl and then he would get rid of that bowl after he saw a kid using his hands to drink water, like making a bowl of his hands. He was like, I was outsmarted by a child. And why why am I talking about Diogenes? How did he come up in well, conversation? Well, we just couldn't find the uh, thing, and I also had technical difficulties just a second ago, but I figured it out. Um, yeah, we're going to see how this sounds afterwards, because I'm not going to interrupt um, the actual podcast to listen to stuff. I guess we're not actually podcasting yet, but I this might wind up in the thing, since we did just go on an interesting Diogenes. <laughs> um, I've never heard of this guy though. That's interesting. He he is a living shitpost. Um, but I think he's when was a, he born? What 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 era was this? This is ancient Athens. This is like 412 BC. Holy shit! So this guy, I think he's like the where trolling began, or like what I think is the is is the. The person who does not seek any kind of success, but greatness purely in their own way. Like, shit. I kind of need to lower the volume a bit because uh, I just noticed that it's like 1 a.m. And I'm like speaking right into my roommate's room. So I need to like... It's cool. You're, uh, you are very hearable. And also this will be editable. If you're... Have you clicked on the link again and turned on Nucaster or whatever? And yeah, I, okay. yeah, I have the little bar thing. Okay, because if that's happening, then you're getting... It's recording your audio in raw form, like FLAC. Uh-huh. And I'll have... It, when I edit it, if I wish to do lots of things, I can do more stuff to it. Okay. And it should be higher quality because it's the, recording your stuff locally and not going through Discord's codex. Um, anyways... I guess since we're... I don't think we're going to be able to find the episode transcripts, Pablo. Um, we could just talk about Diogenes. We could also just talk about Diogenes. But if you wanted to talk about Tiger King, we can do this. You've only seen the first episode, right? Yeah. So that'll be good, because I have seen it all. Okay, we'll just... Um, anyways, but... without further ado, um, hey... <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is John Hardy. Um, this is our first attempt at a podcast, and here is my co-host, Pablo. Uh, yeah, Pablo Reberito Segovia. He's an interesting character, far more interesting than me. Um, yeah. So today I've been uh, in quarantine, you know, just drinking water. Um, I actually, today I attempted to eat, do something knew i tried to eat like volume so i just got a big bowl of spinach and put it in like a mixing bowl and like put like some low calorie ranch dressing and i was like man this is 250 calories this is a lot of food it was a lot of food i could only eat half the bowl oh my god um yeah so i'm never doing that again it was awful it didn't even taste good i I liked i enjoyed the spinach for like three minutes 30 minutes later i was still not done that's why I have so many bottles of hot sauce. My favorite hot sauce is like Valentina or whatever. So when I make stale bread or something I otherwise can't eat, I pour the hot sauce on it. It becomes instantly palatable. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Frank's, but hot sauce is definitely super useful. Um, what have you been up to today, Pablo? I have been doing that XKCD sleep cycle thing. Where you're like Uberman? Uh Uberman, I don't know. Hold on, let me let me It's it's the four it's the one where you sleep for like four hours. Like you sleep for thirty minutes and then stay awake for four hours, right? Oh no, it's the twenty-eight hour day, basically. Oh. Yeah, so you stay up for twenty-eight hours and then you sleep for eight hours. And so that means that you're 
your bed schedule slowly gets moved from like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. I feel like and I've accidentally done this schedule every time I like am on like a long vacation. Yeah, yeah. No, this is basically how I'm treating this quarantine. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many things to worry about, but I just choose not to worry about them because. Like, what can you do at the end of the day? I mean, there's really nothing an individual without a medical background can do. We'd have to be researchers. Yeah. Um, Doing science or something. So. Did you, you, you've seen all the, uh, like, the new, like, we're trying to use these, like, malaria drugs. Oh, stuff. yeah. I hope that stuff works, but I'm not so certain. I heard it does not work, but Trump was saying that it did work. That's what I and heard as well. Some person like tried this stuff and like died. And there and then his wife was like, Yeah, don't fucking listen to Trump. <laughs> like, don't yeah. do well, it. The well the malaria malaria drugs are like already basically poison. Like there's a lot of people who like get really bad symptoms from the malaria drug when they take when they have malaria. They're like those are really toxic drugs. So yeah, it's like they're kind of they're dangerous. You don't want to be taking them unless you like have to be. Yeah, so it's like, but that's the thing that's crazy with Trump is that the person occupying the presidency usually has to be like the go-to person during an emergency. Like they have name recognition or something as like an authority, a person who's supposed to like know stuff. But I think that anyone who has their head on correctly knows that Trump is not that fucking person, but who is there to take his place? Like, his advisor? Like, who else that has, like, a position? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, we have, like, the head of health, but they're, they just basically recommend stuff to Trump. Um, yeah. Like, there's, uh... No, there's this dude... Uh, let me look up his name. He's the he's Ooh. like the he's the the cabinet um, members. Anthony S. Fauci. Yeah, he is American physicist, immunologist, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, one of the lead members of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, and what a fucking job he has ahead of him, working well, with Trump of all people. It was just, it's just really stupid. They're like, hey, social distance, six feet away. And then they're like 20 people on stage, like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Like yeah, hugging, they... basically. <laughs> like a little huddle, like a semi, a semicircle, like a, all right, team. This is yeah. what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like Trump is going to get it, even though he doesn't shake hands and all that other stuff. Um, well, they're just... I don't know. There's been a lot of people who have gotten it that I like. There's been a lot of high profile people who apparently have gotten this. Mm -hmm. um, lots of celebrities. Like yeah, like in South Korea, they they the virus kind of like landed in South Korea around the same time as it did in the United States, and they kind of just shut shit down. But I think that sometimes, like at least here, people treat that kind of ability as like inherently authoritarian like there's there's no one who can have the ability to shut down operations who's like not going to be a bad person there's like a lot of distrust ah well segueing into our next topic there is a high profile celebrity at this point a new celebrity joe exotic he apparently just got coronavirus in prison Oh my god. This Wait, is he's brand, in... this is brand new news. <laughs> I mean I I mean I shouldn't laugh because there's also other people in prison and it kind of just Spoiler like... alert, he is in prison. Um Pablo wanted to talk about Tiger King. Yeah. And he's only seen one episode. I have seen I the whole se season. I think that something could be said about the first episode alone. Because the first episode kind of sets up what allows all these shenanigans to even happen. Like how they were able to pretty much like carve out their 
own zone of social exclusion where like none of the rules can be followed within this area so just to like give me since i've seen the whole thing could you like tell me what like give me a very brief recap and then we can start from the beginning um after that of like everything that you found out in the first episode okay the first episode it kind of like i think that it showed to me that there exist things that aren't materials i'm a real like scientific kind of person i don't believe in ghosts i don't believe in healing crystals astrology any of that stuff um what i do believe in is that things follow rules otherwise they wouldn't behave the same every time because like we're life and we kind of depend on like our molecules kind of doing the same thing each time in some sort of consistent basis but anyway i'm not getting into that what i am getting into is how the hell is joe exotic able to basically break the matrix (laughs) i mean okay so i think i think if anything that i've taken away i think that most of the people in the show seem to just have very strong personalities and like and not strong as in like unbreakable personalities i feel like they have like a certain kind of like attraction that like they have a sort of like a a showmanship like a way of carrying themselves yeah that people would just kind of do what they said um it's very it's very culty yeah but i think like the the showmanship kind of starts with art and existentialism like the, the show begins basically about how this guy's like saying that there's going to be a small Waco if they try to take these tigers from him. Oh, yeah, full, he's like... <laughs> full commitment of character. He's like, we have guns that we got personally monogrammed with each other's names on them. And if they oh. fucking do <laughs> I anything, about that. I will sooner die than have these animals taken from me. So those are the those are the stakes. Yeah, didn't didn't they say that they uh like wrote their names on the bullets? Yeah, they did. The, oh yes. Okay. And that's so where I'm I trying think trying to make sure I don't spoil anything in episode two. Well I, I yeah, I mean you can spoil things because I'm trying to analyze, like digest the whole thing rather than absorb it as like a narrative. But yeah. like that's what I think was the first thing. That's where art meets existentialism. Art is about sending a message, I think. Or, or well, it can't necessarily be that. But in this case, it is. It's sending this message that they will sooner die before everything else. So if anybody really wants to change what they're doing, they have to really want to change it. They have to want, like them to stop more than they want to continue if that makes any sense Mm. and so i think that this is a sort of case where it's like the rational people get to set the terms for what is the rational thing to do well i think so the only rational characters not even characters the only rational people in the show who like are in the documentary they are not like in charge and honestly generally I'm pretty sure almost all of them were heavy drug abusers. Yeah. Um, Like, there's this one guy who basically was like, I got the job from Craigslist. And I'm pretty sure he was like methed out for 12 years while he was working for Joe. Um, But then he like, yeah. But like now he's just like the guy wearing sunglasses, like that is his persona. I I probably should use his real name. I don't know his real name. <laughs> I don't know anybody's real name either. These are all real people. I pro if we do this again, Pablo, we have to find out their names. Yeah, we do. We have oh to have God. a list. Um, 
but really though what i'm getting at here is that like it's it's sort of, it's sort of like society right with like <laughs> it's sort of like society but <laughs> like people think that we are this world of people who are rational actors trying to like maximize like utility or pleasure or like something that allows us to live our wildest dreams and so long and so on and that the system that we have set up is something like a social contract with each other where our ability to swing our fists ends at other people's noses and stuff like that but what i really think and is like the contradiction contradiction to this is that there are some people who are so irrational that like they're willing to stake their lives on something. And so because of that, everybody else has to work around them. I mean, I, yeah, I would say so. But I also think that, like, the, the whole, like, I'll kill you if you come and take my tigers thing, I don't think the employees shared that sentiment. Like, they wouldn't have been happy about it, but they definitely would not have been, like, getting into gunfights over these tigers. Oh, I know. I think it's just like a trickle down kind of thing. Like he wasn't saying that he will kill them. He said that it's going to be a small Waco. Like he's <laughs> not going to go out without a fight. <laughs> yeah. And they better think that what they're going to accomplish is going to be worth it because he's going to try to make it as not worth it as possible. All right. So that makes sense to me. But I also feel like the like basically in the show they kind of like i'm pretty sure in episode one they kind of stress the relationship they kind of like introduce joe and carol um along with a couple of other side characters commenting on it not gosh i need to stop calling them characters along yeah. with a, a couple of employees that are relevant to everything that happened yeah um, so like who do you know so far? And then, like, you don't necessarily have to use their names because clearly we don't know their names. Um, okay. But who do you know so far? And, like, what do you think about them right I now? I think the most important character to me is that person who had their arm bit off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think this person's name is Saf. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Like, it, it kind of, like, displayed to me, like, holy fuck. This person has a, a person walking around, kind of displaying for, for everyone to see that people are willing to lose limbs for this dude and keep working for him. Yeah, I and that that's, like, another... That's just, like, that's just cult life. Like, you're in the cult. You're gonna... You have, like, that's... That's your livelihood. These are probably most of your friends. You're going to come yeah. to work. Um, apparently, it was... I'm pretty sure they're a transgender man. So I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it was his idea to come to work. Um, I mean, yeah. Which is crazy. Um, because you better believe if I lost an arm, I would not be wanting to be back around those tigers. Um, yeah, the and there that, were so many like cults surrounding the tiger. The thing that exacerbates this as well is definitely we know that meth is involved in the story. There mm -hmm. are people like um they're all pretty much were on meth at one point. I'm not sure how long they were all using meth, but I'm pretty sure most of them were using meth for a long time. Um and I feel like maybe, you know, you are messed up, get your arm bit off. I don't know if this person was ever a meth user, but mm -hmm. um, this is one of the unconfirmed meth users uh, of the show. Probably the only person in the show that I think is at least neutral good on the D&D &D ranking of, uh, <laughs> of personalities. Yeah. There's, there's nothing bad about this person at all they just it's crazy that they uh came back to work so quick yeah i think that this is something that kind of like comes out 
from like the charisma of cult leaders because almost all of them are like talking about how they're about their like willingness to die for their ideals basically like they're making like the existential stake that nobody could oppose them because nobody is willing to sacrifice as much as they are um to to oppose them if that makes any sense and to like have like these people around them who are like losing arms and like being in favor of them it it, it implies a certain like degree of power because like the thing the third thing that really messed me up when i was watching it because each each additional thing like compounds on everything else is they're just like sheer capacity to get rid of flesh like it would show like how how they were able to feed these tigers oh with like the walmart truck full of food and stuff yeah like he's like this is like how much we have to get rid of and so like there's like a big old like you know always sunny where the guy's like you know there's an implication oh like the you mean (laughs) dennis reynolds yeah yeah it's like they can't say no because of the implication well like what's the implication here he this dude is willing to die he has a bullet with his like name written on it he has a suicide pact he's got people working for him that are willing to lose limbs or willing to risk losing limbs who aren't going to take him to the law and he has a bunch of tigers that he can use where he regularly has to get rid of enormous amounts of flesh. Well, I mean, you would need... I mean, to be fair, if we had 200 humans, he has like 218 tigers or something. I don't know the exact number. Well, they're not going to feed a human to humans. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. But like... Uh, it would... Uh, humans go f- go through a lot of food too, just like a mm-hmm. regular person. And tigers are like 500-pound, 600-pound animals. Yeah. It makes sense that they would have to eat a lot. Yeah, it does make sense. I don't know where I'm going here. Uh, <laughs> but, like, the implication... Are you saying the implication of getting rid of all the food? No, not of getting rid of all the food. Is that if anybody, like, stands in their way, or, like... Oh, so you're oh. you're saying this more of, like, metaphorically than, like, literally... Yeah. Because, like, there's stuff that they don't do, but it's implied that they could do. But the very fact that they can imply that they could do it allows them to do things that otherwise would not be allowed. Are you implying that they'll feed you to the tigers? Yeah. Yeah, I'm implying that. Are you okay with me discussing things that happen in later episodes of the show, Pablo? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, so have you met Carol Baskin? No, I have not. Okay, so there's a... There's a woman who is pretty much like the like Joe Exotic's arch nemesis, who seem who like acts like they're doing so much better than Joe Exotic, but is basically the exact same person, but a little bit less, maybe a little bit less meth user, you know? A foil, you know? Yes, a foil, but like a real person. Um, yeah. She does. Like, so basically she and Joe get into, like, conflict because she owns, like, a competing tiger reserve, which, based on what I saw in the show, looks to be basically just, like, a place to keep tigers in cages, Mm -hmm. just like Joe's. But hers is a reserve, so it is more acceptable. Mm -hmm. And, like... She she is clearly shown to be very much a crazy cat lady. Like all of her clothes have tiger print. She has like tiger lamps, tiger rugs, tiger everything. Mm-hmm. And like so, it seems like she's just kind of like a crazy cat lady who like loves tigers. And like she is putting them in cages. Like there's, they might not be all like it's not. It might not be like a zoo like joe exotics is but yeah and anyways they get into like fights and she's like trying to shut joe down and stuff um but it's also heavily implied um by joe and also 
just based on what we know, that she may have killed her husband and fed him to a tiger, her like yeah. ex-husband. Um, so she has apparently she had two husbands. Like I don't know what happened to the first one, but the second one, he mysteriously disappeared, and there's some very strange circumstances related to it. They never found his body. Um, and the the theory is that she fed him to the tigers and then like hid his bones in like the septic tank of the of like their house. My God. Um, it's really, it's really interesting. And honestly, after watching the documentary, I have done no independent research. I feel like she <laughs> definitely killed her ex-husband. And like, you'll, you'll see this soon for sure. Um, because they, they talk, you'll hear Joe say her name like thousands of times during the next like six episodes. Yeah. Um what also the part where he's like really angry at PETA. Yeah, and so she like tries to like sick PETA and like PETA like sides with her. But I think PETA I think I think ultimately Joe is probably more bad to the cats. But I don't think that like Carol Baskin is in any way a good thing for the cats. Yeah. Basically none of the animal collectors in the show seem like good things for the animals. The one that is most convincing, at least in the earlier episodes, until you like find out more about them, is like the guy who looks kind of like John Travolta. Mm -hmm. His name's like Doc something. And he just seems like he's like, I love animals. But then Later in the show, you see that he's just exploiting them just like everyone else. He just doesn't have quite as much scandalous shit happening. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, apparently, like, have you ever been to Myrtle Beach? Like, that's where he is. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, because I figured that'd be like the closest beach to where we were from. Um, yeah, that's where he's like located. So it's whack. Like, I've probably been to one of his like exhibits down there or whatever he's got like a park i've done some weird touristy stuff in myrtle beach so i would not be surprised and that's what like what what surprises me is how like how how one person is like accused of, of this because i don't know if she did it for sure but what i do know is that she definitely had the capacity to feed a person to a tiger joe well, has the capacity to feed people to the tigers they both do that's well, like the implied thing here's the thing i don't think that joe exotic's a good person but after watching the entire show i strongly feel that he is the most likable um the most likable of all of the people who own tigers i think that he is if like at one point I'm just going to spoil some some things for you, Pablo. He gets, like, framed, maybe? But maybe not framed? I think it's possible he was framed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being drawn in by his cultish facade. But I want to like Joe Exotic. Like, I want to. See, that's that's the thing, is that why? Why do, why do you want to like him? I just feel like, like he's mildly likable from most of the... Like, he's obviously crazy. I think yeah. clearly he's crazy, but I feel like there, like there's like, he seems like he genuinely cares about his employees most of the time and his tigers some of the time. Like he's very, like there's many scenes where he's very gentle with the tigers and his employees clearly like him, you know, mm -hmm. um, part of that might be the fact that he's giving them free meth. And free food. In the form but also, of there's a whole sunk cost fallacy thing, and my God. Yeah, but... They can't leave know, the compound. Something... There's not... If you can leave the compound. People, like, they... He doesn't have well, a... It's just a zoo. Like, what about with Travis and his marriage? Oh, well, that was... That's weird. And apparently that happened as well, because Travis just wanted meth. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I don't know if you know... 
but Travis and his other husband are both straight. They are not gay. Um, they are literally just married to Joe because they want meth. Oh man! Like they, there's, they come out later and say it. <laughs> They're like, oh my God. yeah, and then like his first husband, his first husband now has a, a wife. So why why would you why would you want to like him if uh look if, I don't I don't think he's a good person and I think he's done some bad things. The I think of the of the animal dealers, not the animal dealers, the animal collectors in the show. Mm-hmm. I think he is the more, most human least creepy. Definitely crazy still. And maybe it's just the fact that he's on screen a lot. I was drawn in by his personality. I was like, man, I kind of like this guy. He's an interesting character. There's 0% chance that I would like him if I met him in person, I think. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, that like he is not stable. He's not successful. He's not like um, put together. But he, he's not like even good. You know, but he's he's what I would call like great, like a great person. Oh, for sure. He's he's what you would call great. He's he draw. He has the charisma. Yeah, like not a great person, but is just great because I, I get there's like this sort of like Nietzschean element to it where it's like you're fucking. He's got like a he's got a frame like. The way he carries himself is larger than life and people he's got so much charisma if we were playing D, he would have a 20 yeah because it's like he's able to operate by his own rules pretty much and that's and that, the thing that, that's, and that's yeah. what i mean about breaking the matrix like what allows this like there was um a sketch where um gosh I forgot I forgot the name of the, of this artist. He Oh yeah, Dave Chappelle. Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. He's the Dave guy. Chappelle the is like one of those people that can break the matrix, but he also talks about other people. And this is where I got the phrase breaks the matrix, where he would talk about um this boxer. I think it was uh Pac- Pacquiao. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao. Um Wait, no, no. He he was talking about this older boxer, like in the 1920s, who he said would move like a modern man. And he was so good at boxing and beating the shit out of people that he was able to like leave the rings like in the 1920s like or, or earlier with white women and things like that. And he had there were whole laws written just to try to criminalize this like one guy who was just like beating the shit out of white dude, white dudes left and right, <laughs> and it would just like fascinate me, like how this dude is kind of like the contemporary uh, to Muhammad Ali, who also kind of broke the matrix in his own way, um, like, and just being able to violate completely all of society's expectations and work within a rule set. That doesn't make any fucking sense to uh, anyone outside of that system. Like, well, the thing much... is, how many people own tigers? Apparently, a lot of people actually. I've heard that. Like, I've heard that there's more tigers. I think the show said this, but there's more tigers in Texas in captivity than there are in the rest of the world. Holy um, crap! Which is insane, but also. Like, I don't just think the average what, person yeah. has a tiger. And so, like, the law is written probably for most scenarios. And it's not really accounting for these outliers of people like Joe Exotic, who have 250 tigers in their backyard. Yeah, like, you have to think about, like, it just makes it, well, you don't have to think about, but it makes me think about how having a tiger mixed in changes a social dynamic 
because I already have, I have a very energetic dog. She's like, she jumps on people sometimes. And uh, I have to hold cheese or something to like prevent her from doing that. But what I notice is that like, it is still my choice whether or not Polly comes in and like distracts people. Like if there's like a conversation and like, I want to change the subject. I can just be like, hey, oh, Polly, come here. But like, what what does a tiger do to the like thing, like a social dynamic? Well, I mean, you're immediate. Like, it's a predator. You're gonna. It's big. It's you've probably never seen one before, and except for maybe at a zoo. Behind very thick bars, and this also brings up a thing. I don't even think zoos are like that ethical. Like, I think ultimately it, they're necessary, mostly because of the. Ecological ethics too, like reintroducing things to the wild. Sometimes, but I feel like a lot of times, like you just have like a monkey in a cage, or like a penguin in a in a cage in the middle of a hot summer, in like the South United States, where they should be living. Oh yeah, in a much more Arctic climate. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I don't really think that these are problems with the zoos themselves, but more the fact that they all have to operate within capitalism. Like I don't they all they all have to pay bills, and so because of this, like uh, when it comes to animal sanctuaries, the places that like raise endangered species, sometimes they can get money, and they have to get money um, by renting or selling these animals to other zoos, um, so that they are able to continue their work like paying their employees to like reintroduce species into the wild and fix local ecologies and things like that. See, this makes sense. But I feel like in the age of high definition 4K video, do we really need zoos? Like, yeah, I don't, I feel like you might actually learn more about an animal watching a very like, well-produced planet earth video about it than like going to a zoo and standing 30 feet away for an animal that probably hates being there is constantly like just dealing with not the natural habitat like things that make sense are like nature reserves Mm -hmm. like okay there's like a an area that we have like dedicated and we're going to like like this 40 square miles and we're going to like try and keep people out of it. Yeah, or major. or they have tours where the people are basically in like a caged truck or something. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than a zoo to me cuz you're then you're then you're more experiencing the animal in their natural habitat. You're disturbing them less. I mean, you can have that. You can have that in Africa. Or but it's really difficult to have that in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And, and I I, I don't to some extent like there there is like a people who they can watch things on tv and they can know about stuff but it's like a whole different ball game to realize you know to like make it real for sure i mean if you see an animal in the zoo it's completely different than seeing something on like planet earth but is it like in the like in the age of high definition video do you really need to see like an elephant in real life in a zoo i mean maybe not inherently in itself like just by itself but and what i'm not I think gonna lie that, i had fun seeing elephants yeah i think that it's about like a system of needs if that makes any sense like it's not that it's that like this is fundamentally unnecessary because almost everything is unnecessary if you think about it you go oh we're people in the void nothing matters but if what these people are trying to do is something like well we need to repopulate the wild well if you're trying to do that then you need employees you need to be able to pay them and you must be able to expand like get outreach and have people that care about these animals and things like that but like that entails all this other stuff and so you end up doing things that aren't good in and of themselves and aren't necessary in and of themselves but they're like necessary for this other goal 
but then there are people who like only do it for the money or just cynical okay but are you saying that like sometimes you might do things that are bad for the money because well, yeah, because they ultimately will wind up serving your end goal yeah because you need that good. money basically like because yes, okay. you need all this equipment you take loans and things for the equipment and so you have to pay on that debt yeah this or seems like... to be another theme that you maybe have not encountered yet in tiger king because it seems like at the beginning yes they're a little bit of eccentric collectors but they were kind of just like hey i'm living my life and then it sort of became like less about the tigers and more about the money or more about taking down their competitor mm-hmm. um, than, than anything else. And you oh, see yeah. it, it's like a slow descent. I guess it's just people change and it's really easy to just lose yourself. Well, yeah, that's what I think is like the corrupting influence of money. Like I think it makes interactions like the richer you get, the more fake your interactions with people become. And it, like, but also when something makes you money, it sort of becomes like your like part part of you because it's like it's what keeps you fed. It's the, your security. It's essentially like an additional organ of your body in a way. Um, and things get messy when that happens. Like, what I would also wonder is, like, why do people pay for selfies with tigers and things like that? Like, tigers had this symbolic power. And, like, why would they feature so prominently in cults and things like that? It's just kind of, like, it's crazy how the relationship that we have with non-human species and, like, carnivores like that is sort of like sold to us because like before we had tigers in cages like back when we were like hunter gatherers think we did not fuck had, with tigers yeah we, we ran the fuck away from tigers they were fucking nightmares to people like the panther you know what kinds of like stories people have about the panther in places like well i mean I don't, I don't know i would have to pull them up but like every story every ancient story i've heard about the panther would have them as like a kind of like god almost where they can kill um things by just exhausting them with fear so they would like roll up to something making direct eye contact and just turn like a warrior into a fucking baby just from like the warrior stressing about when is the panther actually going to come in to attack? Like, when is it actually going to happen? And so they exhaust themselves from fear, and then the panther just comes in and just, like, kills them just like that. Hmm. Like, these these are creatures that are deep, I think, in the well, human imagination. Without technology, we w- they would be higher in the food chain than us. Yeah, like, they, they would destroy us. Um, but now we have them, we have them like in cages, like, and they're one of the few large mammals left on the earth because we got rid of the mastodons. We killed the fucking giant kangaroos. We killed the giant sloths and all every, like, I did not every, know there were giant kangaroos, but I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to Google that afterwards. There were, uh, before, uh, humans migrated to a lot of places, there was like a lot of giant, what people would call like megafauna. Um, and then the humans would come in and basically kill them all. Like, I mean, maybe in each individual case, people could go, oh, it was the climate. Oh, it was this other stuff. But, you know, if you look at the ground pattern of things, it's sort of like in the geologic record, it's humans show up, all the megafauna die. Um, and that was happening when we weren't even farming yet. We were hunter gatherers. Moral so of the story. People, We're the yeah. virus. Goodbye, everyone. It's time to end the show. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, it's like, and so people pretend like that, that hunter-gatherers or things like that had like a, a good relationship with the environment or before the industrial age, we had a good relationship to the environment. We never mm-hmm. did. Um, 
but now we, we have like this creature that's pretty much around because we allow it to live like well, it's on life support like what does it go ahead like what does it mean like as like a symbol especially for people who are like animists and kind of like believe that everything has a soul and like 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 we were all just like the universe experiencing itself subjectively and whatever like it's just it's just wild that it, it, like they they want to have like this relationship with the tiger when before that that tiger was literally put the fear of god in you like yeah well pre-science days we were subject to our environment like we made up stories like the tiger is the tiger and all predators um they were something to be feared um the only way you would be able to protect yourself is with weapons and a group like alone in the jungle a tiger is after you <laughs> good night you're not yeah. coming back um but after the especially after the industrial revolution revolution we sort of cast off like the the like the, the rifle and like we cast off our limits and we're no longer like people still die to tigers but like because they're a force of nature that probably should not be contained um and probably cannot indefinitely be contained um but we have humanity kind of evolved and has no real limits anymore the only limits we have are time and the ones we put on ourselves i think the, our biggest limit is always economics that make yeah like you either need to do something that makes money so that you can do the thing that loses money or you find a way to make money with the thing that you want to do but that means that you have to operate within restrictions like the laws of physics and all the other shit i don't, i think that they 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 don't have shit on the limits of economics i so i like, guess yeah that makes sense like your ability to do stuff i think is mostly limited based on like your wealth your credit um <laughs> like yeah your wealth and your credit <laughs> cuz cuz i feel like the whole world economy is basically operating on credit at this point <laughs> like oh it for sure is everything's a loan like but... every country is in like massive debt to each other <laughs> how does that work i or, think like, we just pretend it doesn't work. I mean, pretend it does work and then forget about it. And that's the only way like that's, that's what's currently happening. Yeah. Like this I feel like that, all this money that China has loaned America, there's 0% chance we're ever paying that back. Well, China has loaned a lot of stuff to like everybody all over the world. I don't even think that China's plan is to get paid back. I just think that, they want to be able to use that as like leverage for influence like well that that's true they're also they might not be directly getting paid back for these loans but they're indirectly getting paid back in the form of we are now reliant on their economy and we're buying their products cuz China makes pretty much anything that can be mass produced is now mass produced yeah. there um, there's also like a symbolic aspect to it if you're like in some like place in Kenya, for example, and China has built a bridge that lets you go from like one side of town to another town. It previously wasn't there. And you use this bridge every single day. You're like, oh man, China made this bridge. But I heard like people in Kenya are kind of like upset at Chinese because they're like kind of like coming in um, and they have a lot of economic power. And so they're like influencing things in their own country in a way that they don't like. But there's still like there's always going to be somebody who's like, well, you use that bridge every day. So what are you gonna what are you gonna say about it? If it wasn't for China, that bridge wouldn't be there. So there, it gives them like this sort of like symbolic power. Mm -hmm. The thing that kind of strange like weirds me out, especially, is like, um, how China, especially this Hong Kong business, but like mm -hmm. Hong Kong, Thailand, 
they like to consider themselves separate from China. But in all official Chinese documents, China like just refers to them as China. Oh completely. yeah. And it's yeah. Like I think about that when it comes to United States territories, like Guam, Puerto Rico, like I just think it's nuts. Puerto Rico <laughs> like like it's not a state. It never the will be there. Our flag's yeah. too good. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I think it never will be because they don't want Puerto Ricans to be able to vote from Puerto Rico. And since it's an island, like it's sort of like Hawaii. Like if you're broke in an island, you can't leave. <laughs> like you're just stuck. And like poverty in Hawaii is like a completely different thing. But it's like all of these places, like like there are a lot of Hawaiian separatists and things like that. Because like the way that we got um, that state was basically by like coming in and just like saying oh yeah your monarchy's like not legitimate i think there was some there was threats and business involved like with like central america like banana companies or like something similar to that um and it's like we we kind of have our own hong kong situation going on with a lot of u.s territories or like like the bahamas and i don't know things like that there's this uh, book that I was reading, or an, well, an audio book I was listening to while playing Minecraft and things like that, um, called uh, The American Empire, or like How to Hide an Empire. Um, yeah. And so I think when it comes to a lot of our focus on China, it's sort of like a deflection from things that we, we can control better because they're closer to, to us, you know? Because there's nothing I can do about China like whatever they do. I'm not Chinese. I can't go and like protest in Hong Kong. I can't do any of those things. But what I can do is like tell people about like Puerto Rico or like this other stuff like that. Oh yeah, how to hide an empire, a history of the greater United States. This sounds like an interesting read. I will put this on my list. And also Pablo, I think it is 11:56 p.m. here and Uh-huh. That means it's 2.56. I mean, 11.56. <laughs> yeah, that means it's 2.56 a.m. Yeah. I mean, 1.56 a.m. for you. Yeah, I just got up. <laughs> I got up like an hour ago. I think it's time probably to wrap this one up. Yeah. Um, I also really think that I kind of like this format. I would like to talk about like, we could maybe just have like a history, some history episodes. Yeah, Here's I actually. In history. Um, I think. I have a lot to work on in my podcast manner. I think we both probably need to like maybe have a little bit more understanding of our topic directly. I think you had oh, very yeah. much understanding about the things you're talking about, but we we if we're gonna talk about Tiger King, we probably need to be like these are the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, we do. We do have to do that because we we're like talking about like so. There's this one dude. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but anyways, this is our first attempt, so be nice. Yeah. No, uh, I think the part that would matter the most is the comments. If somebody comments something, if they have anything to constructively add or criticize, like I'm going to prioritize prioritize that as like number one. Yeah. Because that's like and our audience. They're interacting with us. They're taking the time. I'm definitely gonna. Cool and. We will. I well, I'll probably edit this specific part out, Pablo. But mm-hmm. we'll if we're gonna, we should probably like make some sort of like email list, or like a Twitter account or something. Yeah, people can like contact us, and we can just include that at the end of the episode and be like, if you'd like to send us an email, this huh. email, <laughs> we will read <laughs> yeah. it. Um, we'll do that. I mean, I would post it on my Facebook because I think that's where most people interact with me. I'm very involved with, like, local things, and that seems to be the reason Facebook exists. Yeah, I think Facebook is pretty good for local stuff, honestly. Like, there's a lot of, lots of events and stuff. Yeah. I don't think Facebook's that good for um, just keeping up with people anymore. 
I think that yeah. I think that that's moved to Instagram, which is a Facebook product. Yeah, like uh, Instagram, <laughs> you can post a picture. You can be like, "This is how I'm doing." Twitter is more like a global shit posting ring, or yeah, for sure. And people like gossip. I don't use Twitter, but maybe I should. I don't know. I know people who use Twitter a lot more, and they're like so much more literate at it. <laughs> I, I post things and I get like two likes because I think I use it as if it were Facebook. Like mm, I'm yeah. saying things as Pablo, and you have to know who Pablo is to understand it. But I feel like everybody on Twitter kind of posts as this abstract Twitter character. Yeah, and it's on more Twitter. about what's feel, being yeah. said. People on Twitter are, I feel like, pretending that they are like brand new journalists or something. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just the the feeling I get from anyone. Like I feel like everyone on Twitter is trying to get responses from the rest of the world. Yeah. Or most they're shit posting. There's like this or, Yeah. Which those are the most interesting posts to me when people are just yeah. like posting memes. I love memes. Clearly. There's a lot of good Tiger King memes. We we need to do have like an episode about memes because I have a lot to say about them. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> There's a meme episode upcoming. Memes are like the contemporary propaganda art pamphlet. The fucking it's like it's the new art. So it's here's a, here's another thing, Pablo. I think we can just do an episode on any topic at all that we're mildly interested in. Mm-hmm. We don't have a format. We don't have any followers. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, let's just do it. If we want to talk about something and it's interesting, we'll just record it. Yeah. <laughs> At least All for right. the time being, that's my plan. Um, okay. We, we should, okay. I don't think that we're going to have a hard time coming up with topics. So I'm not going to bog so. us down with like, oh, let's make a Google Doc. Like, no one ever keeps up no, with No, I think we'll have, I think, I think what we should, here's the thing. I think a Google Doc wouldn't be the worst idea. But I also think that the Google Doc, if we have one, should be the last thing we pull from. Yeah. I think much more interesting is a topic that either one of us is interested in or that is, like, relevant in current culture. Well, I think, like, it's all connected, kind of. Like, when it comes to Tiger King, the Trump presidency, what's happening with, like, expertise, like, rational people to, like, the irrational and memes and like how existentialism is like the art i think it's like it's all like one part of one big dynamic like how because trump broke the matrix i think he fucking he's he's like tiger king in that way for sure and i I definitely every topic has a potential to like sprawl into a ton of other topics for sure yeah Uh, because it's not like you can just talk about one thing in isolation Um, oh yeah yeah but Definitely, like I think if we if we want to if we have like a backlist of things we want to talk about, we could we could put that in a in a sheet. But I like the more I think it, it'll be more interesting if one of us is like very in the loop or very excited about something. Uh huh. That's that's why I'm saying that like sheet could be fine. I'm not really yeah. gonna make a sheet right now. Yeah. It might be something we do in the future. Okay. All right. Wait. Actually, no. I wait. I think that a better idea than to write out things that we could write about is to talk is to write out the things that we already have talked about. What? Oh, yeah, that might be good. So we don't cover stuff. So yeah. we, we've talked about Tiger King, zoos. We talked about like Diogenes and things like that. If we yeah, keep Diogenes, what we've already done. Diogenes is also before the intro, so we're going to have to figure out a place to put him. Yeah, and this is like a list that I think that is possible to finish. Because when it comes to like these lists where you like add ideas and things like that, those things that's like a task that never ends. Well, this the the list that you're talking about will never finish, but we'll be able to finish. We'll we'll finish it every time we finish an episode. Yeah, but then it will continuously grow. We need to make. Oh. We definitely need to make this on like a Google Doc for that one though. Yeah, because we need to be. It needs to be Control F. We have to be able to search it. Yeah, yeah. If we wind up doing this for longer than like four episodes, we're gonna forget some shit. Yeah, because I think that just in one episode alone, we talked about like six things. We talked about Diogenes. I don't know if that's gonna be included. We talked about fucking 
We'll see if we can fit it in. I'd like to include it. No one's listen, Pablo. I think like four people are gonna listen to this. At least the first one. So like Yeah, and I appreciate those four people. We got yeah, if you're still if you're still listening to this, bless your soul. <laughs> yeah. Please you're a saint. Or you're asleep. <laughs> or you're doing something else and it's playing in the background. Look, that's what that's how that's put me in the background. That's how I listen to every podcast. I'm I'm well, doing something else. We'll keep you company during the quarantine. Quarantine yeah. company. Interesting. Well, um, I'm going to now go to bed, Pablo. Uh-huh. So I'm actually going to turn off this recorder. Hopefully this sounds cool. Um, mm-hmm. 